You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshi on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com. Yeah, but I think 
Listening to African Perspectives, where we view the issues of our day from an African worldview and African centered perspective. This program is unapologetically African. It is a custom in the African tradition to ask elders for permission to speak, having been granted permission to our ancestors whose shoulders we stand on, to our elders whose shadows we walk in. I greet you, my dear brothers and sisters. In the language of one of the greatest civilizations on this planet, it gave the world the basic disciplines of knowledge of science, math, architecture, music, writing, law, religion, you name it, we did it. The Greeks called it Egypt, but they called themselves Kemet, and Kemet means land of the blacks. I greet you all in the Kemetic language, the word of peace, Hotep. It is truly an honor and a privilege to pour libation because we truly do stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. We're going to use water because water has no enemies. Water is the great cleanser, the great purifier. Everything on the planet that lives, it needs water from a tiny microscopic organism to a tall redwood tree. We pour water into the earth to invoke the spirits of our ancestors and we say the word ashe. It simply means so be it. So we pour this libation to God for all that God has done and for all that God will do. We sashay. We pour this libation to Mother Africa, birthplace of all humanity, everyone who has lived, everyone who will live in the future. We all have a common ancestral root in Africa. We pour this libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. I mentioned Kemet in the opening. Kemet was the height, the apex, the zenith of African high culture. But there were others as well, as Tymeri, Punt, and Nubia. So we poured us libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. We say Ashe. We poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa, of Ghana, Mali, Zangai, 
Benin, Great Zimbabwe, civilizations that were flourishing and growing while Europe was in a medieval or dark age. The University of Sankare at Timbuktu, an outstanding educational institution. So he poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa. We say, Ashe? We poured us libation to the Ma'afa, the Holocaust of our enslavement, the Infakani, the great tragedy, uprooted out of Africa. Our brothers and sisters lay a carpet along the Atlantic Ocean. We're in North America, South America, Central America, and throughout the diaspora. So we poured us libation to our brothers and sisters who suffered the Ma'afa, the Infakani, the Holocaust of our enslavement, the great tragedy. We poured us libation in their honor and in their memory. We do not know their names, but because of them and their sacrifice, we are here. So we sashay. We poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. If you ever heard me do a libation, you will know that we were not slaves. I repeat, we were not slaves. We were captives. What does a captive want to do? Get free. So we poured us libation to all those men and women who fought against enslavement. In fact, I maintain that some of us are more of a slave today than we were in our initial captivity because some of us are a slave to vice, to corruption, to drugs, sex, and violence. So we poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. Gabriel Prosser, Nat Turner, Denmark Vesey, Harriet Tutman. We always resisted. And we will always resist. So we poured us libation in the name and the honor of those men and women who fought against our captivity. We poured us libation to those unborn, those young men and women who will once again lead us back on the stage of human history as a free and proud and productive people. We sashay. We poured us libation to brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. We need each other, free and proud and productive people. We sashay. We poured us libation to brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. We need each other. We don't have good family life. There's a saying, conditions shape conduct and consciousness. The conditions in our community are bad. The conduct towards each other is not good because why? We lack consciousness and consciousness is more than just awareness. Consciousness is a deeper understanding of who you are historically, who you are culturally. So once we begin to understand the importance of brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family, brothers and sisters, let us all say, Ashe, Ashe. You are listening to Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. Good morning, African world. You are listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. And I am your host, Baba Oshi. Hotel family. Hope everything is well with you today. Hope you're going to have a good weekend. Hope you're going to get a chance to do all the things you want to do, should do, must do, can do, and will do. And I hope the weather will be accommodating for you to do it. But of course, if it is not, and it has to get done, it must be done, then you will get it done. And you'll do it. 
safely. This is African Perspectives. We're here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., 10 to 12 Central, 9 to 11 Mountain, or 8 to 10 Pacific, any other time around the world. But if you cannot listen to this program live, you can always go to our archives at timeforanawakening.com. At the top of the page, you'll see podcasts. Click on that. The drop down, you'll see African Perspectives. Click on that, and there will be programs that are dated and titled. Thanks to my good brother, Brother Kwaku. Uh, also, too, you can use the shortcut for whatever search engine you use and just put in babaoshi.net, B-A-B-A-O-S-H-I dot net, babaoshi.net. And once again, there will be programs that are dated and titled. Other programming we have here on Time for an Awakening Media. Once again, this program is every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And all times are going to give our Eastern times. And on Monday, on Tuesdays, excuse me, on Tuesdays from 8 to 10, Black Reality Think Tank with Dr. William Rogers. On Friday, if it's Friday and it's 8 p.m. Eastern time, it's time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. Tomorrow, Saturday from 7 to 9 p.m., the Sankofa Elders Council. And then once again, back on Sunday at 7 p.m., Time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. And the number to call is 215-490-9832. 215-490-9832. We Buy Black. We Buy Black, the largest online marketplace for American African-owned businesses is webuyblack.com. Get everything you need from American African-owned businesses is We Black from American African-owned businesses. From WeBuyBlack.com. And of course, heard a commercial for them still trying to get the money to build this supermarket. And I just don't understand why uh, over a million, over a million American African people in the metropolitan area of Atlanta. I'm not sure how many brothers and sisters are in the conscious community and what they would be willing to do. I'm not sure about anything really at times, but it would seem that what they're trying to do, because we don't have a supermarket. We have all these people and all praising Atlanta has the new Mecca and this, that, and the other, and we don't even have a damn supermarket. It is ridiculous. Good luck to We Buy Black. Africa for the Africans, Brother Bamani Tahimba has been taking our people to the motherland for many years. And um, his next trip will be November 17th through the 28th of this year. Only $3,800 going to Tanzania. And then December 24th to January 5th, 2023, $4,000 going to Ghana. March 30th to April 10th, 2023, $3,800 only. Senegal and Gambia. Same amount it was this year. It was a trip that was postponed. Senegal and Gambia. And then uh, May 24th to June 5th, 2023, $4,000 going to Ghana. July 29th, excuse me, July 20th to the 29th, 2023, $3,800 to go to Liberia. November 16th to the 27th, same time this year, 
will be the same time next year, November 16th, 20, November 16th through the 27th, 2023. And just $3,800 still go to Tanzania. December 24th to January 4th, 2024, $4,000 going to South Africa. Brothers and sisters, get everything you need from the website AfricanForTheAfricans.org. You can buy land. You can have all kinds of invest, repatriate, all kinds of li- get uh, uh, understanding and look at the community in Ghana. Everything you need is on the website, all the documentations that you'll need, information that you'll need. And if you want to see pictures of previous tours, go to facebook.com forward slash Bomani. If you want to see videos of previous tours, go to youtube.com forward slash Bomani 2007. It's all there for you, brothers and sisters, if you want to take a trip. And it's very, I mean, you know, I'm just going to keep it real. Some of the trips, even by some of the brothers and sisters who are, um, you know, giving good tours, they're expensive. Well over $45,000, you know. And this brother tries his best to keep them economical as possible so you can go. So you can go. There is a payment. You put $400 down and you pay, you know, every other week or monthly, whatever, depending upon when your when that trip is uh, uh, supposed to take place. So, Africa for the Africans. Or you want to give Brother Bamani a call? Give him a call. 404-931-9429. That's 404-931-9429. Africa for the Africans.org. Habasha. Habasha Incorporated. Habasha stands for Helping Africa by Establishing Schools at Home and Abroad. Habasha Incorporated. They do great work here in the Atlanta area, and they're doing even greater work on the continent. The work they do here in Atlanta is this Habasha Works Program, Black to Our Roots, all sustainable agriculture, sustainable seeds, golden growers, and urban green jobs. But they got the Kashi Project in Ghana, and they're having a launch. That, that means they're going to have the the all that they have done at the at the village named after the Ghanaian ethnobotanist Doctor um, Kweku Adu, and it's called the Kashi Project. And it's October eighteenth through the seventeenth, twenty twenty two. October eighteenth through the seventeenth, twenty twenty two. Go to Habsha Habsha Incorporated dot org forward slash kashi k-a-s-i forward slash kashi k-a-s-i to get the pertinent information that you need because um, you can take that trip and also too you can invest and you know make it happen all right brothers and sisters <laughs> the ledge program ledge stands for land for the environmental development for group economics land for the environmental development for of group economics they deal in the area of the four main things for human existence, food, water, clothing, shelter. They have 12 projects on the continent in six different, con- in, in six different countries on the continent with over 170 employed and over 260 members. Brothers and sisters, become a member of the Ledge Group. Abibiatumi, A-B-I-B-I-T-U-M-I, com, And of course, they have a number of programs and so forth. Unfortunately, a lot of times I can't get this because it's coming out of Ghana and sometimes it just slows. Maybe it could be my computer 
and then it'll start working like right now it's starting to work <laughs> yeah com, the the shops they have the shop the groups the forms members and events um the educational uh learning languages of course you know i'm advocate we should all learn kiswahili so we can have cultural privacy when we talk to one another but you can learn tree you can learn medu nature you can learn yoruba ifa you know languages so all the information is right there abibia to me a b i b i t u m i dot com abibia to me dot com smile pharmacy smile pharmacy s m a i f a r m a c y dot com smilepharmacy.com brothers and sisters contact brother Jabril at 731-327-6229 that's 731-327-6229 and um, just give them a call and tell them hey this is what's happening with me you know I'm on this I'm doing that you know and uh, they write you out a plan and you know you can follow that plan and have optimum health holistically you want to get, drop him an email? Drop him an email at smilepharmacy at gmail. Smilepharmacy at gmail. S-M-A-I-F-A-R-M-A-C-Y at gmail.com. Smilepharmacy at gmail.com. A, a new uh, one we're going to be promoting, and that's the Moses West Foundation.org. The Moses West Foundation.org. I want to play you this, and we're going to listen to this. It's only about <clears throat> five minutes okay I know it's a little prolonged but let's let's get off into it I built something called an atmospheric water generator and an atmospheric water generator is we all know that there's there's only three sources of water on the earth we've all learned it in science class and there's three sources of water that exist on the earth is a liquid it's in a solid and it's in a gas And so the easy water that we drink every day, you know, it comes from a surface water like uh, Lake Michigan. What the water is doing is just the plant is getting warmer, so the water is starting to evaporate. And naturally, when the water evaporates, where does it go? It just goes into the air. If you have a glass of water in a room, it evaporates, it's it's in the air in the room. Many people here don't understand that the water that's in the atmosphere is so plentiful that we can use it. But you see this process every day. In the summer, when you sit at a table, and you have a glass on the table and all your friends have a glass of lemonade or iced tea or cold beer or drinks, what you see is those glasses sweat. You see that. You see your air conditioner drip. Well, this is, this is moisture that's being condensed out of the air. And so basically what I do is I've created a machine that does that, but it's on steroids. Condensing the moisture out of the atmosphere, what I've learned over the years, it's a viable, energy-efficient source that can operate completely on renewable energy. On the island of Vieques in Puerto Rico, working with my foundation, we supplied enough water for 5,000 people to drink water. We were making water that exceeded, far exceeded World Health Organization standards, far exceeded EPA standards. Right now, what I've been doing is I've been uh, working with the military, and so they have it for their mobility needs. So when the military pulls into an area, the, one, of the, one of the problems they had is that when you fly in water in a large military aircraft after a disaster, 
it takes up the entire plane because water is so heavy. With this technology, what it allows for the user to do is to have a system in place that produces the water as the people need it continuously, and it frees those planes up to do something else. You saw in Katrina, the people were standing out, there were signs they needed water. If they had this machine during Hurricane Katrina, all they would have to do is pull it out, turn it on, and they would be producing water at that spot at that time. So right now today in California, in these areas where they're, they're running short of water, this is a technology that need, it has a place and a home right now today. I started doing this in 2012, doing my first steps of trying to tell everybody that the, the chicken little thing, that the sky was falling. And today, we've reached that place that I was talking about then. So I'm working with a town right now in Texas. It's called Sand Branch. This town, Sand Branch, it has absolutely no drinkable water. The water in the wells is even contaminated. So this is one of many towns, thousands of towns around the United States that have lost their water supply or their water supply is contaminated as the planet warms up. So this technology operating in a higher temperature, high humidity environment has the capability to actually produce all of the water that these communities need. When I, when I, when I came up to Chicago, when I moved the process from Texas to here, I, there's a huge amount of support here for the Ukraine. And people kept asking me, so will this work in the Ukraine? People kept sending me emails, what can you do for the Ukraine? And I said, yeah, well, the machine, will, it'll work anywhere. I was watching and reading at some newscast. And where was the place where everybody was huddling? They said they were huddling in the basements. And one of the things they always said about the basements was that the basements were dank, damp, and wet. If I put a system in a basement in the Ukraine, it's going to dry the basement out. It's going to prevent disease, mold in the air. It's going to make it extremely dry. The temperature is high enough in the basement to produce water year-round. What I'm interested in is I'm, I'm interested in supplying an entire neighborhood with water. I'm interested in making sure that uh, the military will be able to push one of these out of a plane on a parachute to troops in the field. I'm interested in ensuring that the disenfranchised communities around the United States have access to this. And I think I've been, I've been one of the only crusaders for that. I have a foundation. It's the Moses West Foundation. All you have to do is just go to the Moses West Foundation, click on the donate link, and donate whatever you would like to donate. And that helps all these missions that we need to do. It helps train all the people that we need to train. And hopefully it'll help to find that thousand people that, that I can teach to go out in the world to do this as well. That's what the foundation does. Because this technology is a linchpin to sustainability. The, the 17 tenets of sustainability is set forth by the United Nations. That's the direction they told the whole world to go to. The one thing that they were missing was a sustainable source of water. Brother Moses West and the Moses West Foundation. So we'll be promoting that. I won't be playing this every program, but we'll be promoting the Moses West Foundation. 
So go to the MosesWestFoundation.org. MosesWestFoundation.org. Uh, I'm going to get with Mama Nabantu and talk to her with the Pan-African Federalist Movement because although he deals, you know, globally, but uh, Moses West is the military. He's He was a military person, you know, ranger and that kind of thing. And, you know, you heard through the commercial. And so he's not African-centered, but he's a good man. He's a good brother and he's intelligent, you know. And so what I would like for us to do is to contact the Moses West Foundation and have a direct um, <clears throat> contribution to Africa. The money that we donate to the Moses West Foundation will f- find some community in Africa and contact with them that they can donate to this. So if they need water, it's a problem with water in, in that particular country, in that particular region, find the money and um, us here in the States donate to this consistently them in the country donated to 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 that uh specifically and then get the machine there to provide the water that is necessary maybe me many other machines can go there and provide water continuously you know because what the machine does the machine will make water continuously so we got to have some place to store because when I mean continuously, I'm talking about 24-7 because even at night, there's water vapor in the air. So, and it's run by solar energy. So you don't have to have electricity. And so what could happen is you get a, uh, I think the, they, they call it a big water buffalo. It's when you've seen it big uh, plastic tank. Sometimes there's fuel in it and so so forth, but a big plastic tank, they put water in it, store water, thousands of gallons. So anyway, let me finish with the announcements so we can get to what we're going to talk about today. Of course, today is August 5th, and then we're going to continue to talk about um, Black Friday. Also, too, quickly, um, go to Facebook. If you're on Facebook, go to facebook.com forward slash and put a hashtag, the word hashtag, forward slash Black August. Maybe you don't need the word hashtag in there. Just put facebook.com forward slash Black August. See if that works. But if not, hashtag forward slash Black August. And what you'll find continuously I mean, you you can scroll for days, all kinds of articles, all kinds of presentations, the meaning of Black August, uh, political prisoners, which, of course, was the start of it, uh, other brothers and sisters, uh, testimonies and so forth. Black August brothers and sisters. Go to Facebook.com forward slash either the word hashtag or just Black August. If you need hashtag, put the word hashtag. Facebook.com forward slash hashtag forward slash black august okay all right well Dada's healthy market and juice bar located in the west end here in in atlanta on ralph david abernathy tomorrow they have vegan food for sale as well as sunday delicious smoothie and fruit drinks and all kinds of pastries and so forth the health um 
health component that they have there, all kinds of um, organic stuff that you can buy. So with Donna's Healthy Marketing Juice Bar, located 878 Ralph David Abernathy Boulevard, phone number 404-444-1635, 444-1635. Across the street is the Soul Vegetarian Restaurant. Up the street is the Shrine of the Black Madonna. And, of course, the Shrine of the Black Madonna is open on Fridays today from 1 to 7 and tomorrow from 1 to 7 and Sunday from 1 to 3. Okay? The Shrine of the Black Madonna. And with that, it's Healthy Marketing Juice Bar. The Meddu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall, Mama Nia. Give her a call at 404-436-3263. She has a fine selection of books, postcards, green cards, gift certificates, T-shirts, figurines, and so much more. So give Mama Nia a call. The Black Dot Cultural Center and Bookstore in Lithonia off I-20 East, I-20 going east, going towards Augusta, I-20, and uh, exit. And the Black Dot, Black Dot Cultural Center and Bookstore is located in Lithonia, on Main Street, Lithonia. And, uh, and bookstore, and coffee bar. Give Brother Gazimde Ajamu a call at 770-305-6373. 770-305-6373. The Black Dot Cultural Center and Bookstore. And the new Black Wall Street Market, the next exit east of there is the new Black Wall Street Market on uh, exit 75 on Turner Hill Road. Make a right right there when you exit. Go down three lights, make another right. And right on the left will be the new Black Wall Street Market, especially on the weekends today and tomorrow and Sunday. Oh, man. Check it out. The new Black Wall Street Market. Us lifting us. Us lifting us to economic development cooperative for our people in the spirit of Ujamaa. They had their Thursday night broadcast last night on Blog Talk Radio. That's blogtalkradio.com forward slash U-L-U. U-L-U. Blog Talk Radio. And um, us lifting us Thursday night broadcast from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. And if you want to call to just listen or call to give questions, comments or concerns, dial 929-477-2789. That's 929-477-2789. Us lifting us to economic development cooperative for our people. Homeland Village and gift shop located in Macon, Georgia, Brother Abijah. Give Brother Abijah a call. He has everything. He's got furniture. He's got clothing. He's got health food. He's got uh, books and DVDs and so forth, man, health products. Brother Abijah in the Homeland Village and gift shop located in Macon, Georgia, 2910 Napier Avenue in Macon. Phone number 478-256-1166. That's 478-256-1166. The Homeland Village and Cultural Gift Shop in Macon, Georgia. Okay. Yes, Sun Goddess Sense. Sun Goddess Sense, your one-stop natural shop located 4140 Jonesboro Road in Forest Park, Georgia. Located inside the International Discount Mall, Booth 225. Contact my good sister Shelly Amonset at 404. 434-7963. That's 404-434-7963. Sun Goddess Sense, your one-stop natural shop. And Sister Gabriella Rilia in Haiti, 
She's doing great work in the northeastern portion of the island of Haiti, up in the hills. Great work, especially with the young children. Go to her. Go to the uh, website at Sanjay S O N J E dash Haiti A Y I T I dot org Sanjay dash Haiti dot org. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. Um, that's right. I'm on you. I'm always promoting Akaban Institute. Akaban Institute, of course, their um, their school is open. They opened Monday, so the first week of school, and you can take advantage of it. The Akaban Institute is a full-time African-centered homeschool program beginning its 24th year of operation. Courses include math, language arts, science, social studies, including African and American African history and chess. Courses are taught by instructors who have experience educating elementary through college-level students. But who is this for? It is for the 4th through 12th grade. If you're a 4th grade, you have a child that's in the 4th grade through the 12th grade, it is for you. And it is the 2022-23 school year, academic year, and it's through Zoom. So there will be students all around the country and around the world through Zoom. And uh, give Baba Baruti and Mama Yah Baruti a call at 404 753 404-753-7237 or drop them an email at yabaruti.com or mawalimubaruti.com Okay. What else we got? Next Saturday. That's right. Next Saturday. Um, Baba Brutis Men's Quarterly. Warriors, Negroes, and Lost Souls. That's next Saturday from noon to 2 p.m. From noon to 2 p.m. Warriors, Negroes, and Lost Souls. That's right. Tell you. So to register is $10, $5 for Warriors in Training. And you make, uh, you go to um, either PayPal or if, if it's PayPal, go to yabrudi.com. Or if it's Cash App, dollar sign yabrudi, yabrudi. Y-A-A-M Baruti and include Warriors, Negroes, and Lost Souls the title, your name and the email address where the link can be sent. Okay? Alright. And of course, Inia, Mama Ya, her quarterly is Our Life's Lessons Equal Life's Blessings Saturday. Next Saturday from 4 to 6 p.m. Adults, $10 and files for teens. And of course, the same thing. Um, put the information in at the, uh, what, the, what the program is. It would, of course, is our life lessons, your name, and your email address, so the link can be sent to you. All right. There's another program that uh, that they have, and that is going to be the sixth annual African Warriors Men Day celebration in honor of the Warriors. And a lecture by Mount, by Baba Baruti followed by a sister's dedication and questions and answers. And that's going to be Saturday, September 10th. Saturday, September 10th, from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m., live and on online. Live and online. And that's going to be at the Black Dot Cultural Center and Bookstore in Lithonia. I hope I have a chance to be a part of the program by pouring libation. I would be honored. I would be honored to do so. But if not, I'll be there for sure. That's Saturday, September 10th. From 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern Time. 
also too. Kibuka. Kibuka. That's right. Remembering the middle passage through the eyes of our ancestors. That's going to be Saturday, November 19th. 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. It's going to be at the sweet spot in the Metropolitan Parkway in Atlanta. Families, $20. $15 for couples. $10 for adults and $5 for children. Brothers and sisters, it is moving. It is deep. You need to be there or even get it on online. All right. Okay. Now, next portion. <laughs> the Inye Say Sim. I know we're running. I mean, I just had to do that for um, uh, Moses West Foundation because we're going to promote, you know, in fact, I'm going Oh, Mama Nabantu is on the line right now. Let me, before I go to the NHSA Sim, let me go to Mama Nabantu. Good morning, Mama Nabantu. Good morning, Mama Nabantu. Okay. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Brother Kwaku. Um, the uh, event, of course, is tomorrow, not next week, Saturday, just tomorrow. Negroes lost, Negroes and lost souls. Okay, that is tomorrow, family. Tomorrow from noon to two, and of course, followed by with Inya Baruti, and that is at four to six. That is tomorrow. I apologize. That is tomorrow. I remember doing it last week, and so I'm still thinking it's last week. That is tomorrow. Okay. Inye Saysim of Daily Revolutionary Thought, August 4th. Stealers of land, stealers of entire continents cannot teach people about God, cannot teach democracy. Our sister, Maina Bello from Haiti. Maina Bello, since the craziness in Haiti is still going on, she hasn't had a chance to go home. She's still in the States. She goes, so, my good sister, Baina Bello. Those without humanity cannot teach what it means to be human. Teaching requires being. Otherwise, it is not teaching. It is merely sterile, dictative instructions. Those without humanity cannot teach civilization, for that would require having mastered the art of honest civility, of defining civil in respectful human terms and applying it from the heart. They cannot teach society for society is not the mechanical interaction of those who hate each other so much that they can only be eternally xenophobic. Society is more than a group of or aggregate. It is the collective embrace of persons ever perfecting benevolence for its, for its least. That's how you should judge a society. Not by the, the aesthetics, the building, the millionaires, the billionaires. You judge it by what it does for the least of these. It is a spiritual formation which requires preservation within selflessness. Having spent an existence of fragmenting in, into the image of its manipulative extreme individualism, Yuruku could not teach family. Their best hope is to destroy 
is destroyed so thoroughly in others that they no longer know how family feels. They definitely cannot teach love for it demands knowing the divinity within something despiritualized beings are utterly incapable of doing. Compassion, an extension of love, also remains far beyond their possibilities. They could never teach tolerance because except to make others tolerant of them. It is foreign to their sensibilities. Therefore, it can only be fringed in a rational effort to maintain leverage over others, forced to live among them in a displaced peace. All in all, they cannot teach ma'at except in some imitative way. They could never teach its essence because spirit must be lived to be known. And we know that they cannot teach what they do not know. Affirm, I know divinity. Affirm, I know divinity. August 5th. Don't tell me your theory. Show me your work. The Honorable Ancestor, Baba Hannibal Afrique. The need for counsel of frontline elders is abundantly clear. However, given the lack of wise, sound, visionary healing solutions processed within even the centered community today, there can be serious confusion over how they should be formed, their responsibilities and how decisions are to be enforced. Briefly stated, if they are to be effective, at minimum, the following must apply. One potential council member must truly be elders. Number one, potential council members must truly be elders, i.e., each must qualify as a jagna. A jagna. All elders must be selected by the entirety of the warriors to whom their decisions will apply. They cannot be self-appointed. All elders must be fully aware of the range and effectiveness of the decisions that will be charged with making. Number four, according to need, some form of compensation must be accorded to the elders, given their age, economic order we are caught up in, and this working being an additional duty to already overflowing plates. And number five, for any given council, the entirety of the collection of warriors who selected them must personally hold themselves accountable for enforcing among themselves and against or for others when appropriate the decisions rendered by the council, something understood in the fact that they chose those whose decisions they would honor. That's neat. If you, if you chose them, that's your responsibility to honor them. And those, and those jagnas, those elders like myself, we have a responsibility to make sure, not being lazy, but to make sure that we hold ourselves accountable to them because they are the ones that are, that are going to do the work. They are the ones that are going to develop other young warriors and once and continue in that process, they will be elders one day to do the same thing. Affirm, my work is guided by wisdom I can trust. Affirm, my work is guided by wisdom I can trust. August 6th. Emotions are good servants, but poor masters. A comedic proverb, probably something from Patahotep. <laughs> Emotions are good servants, but poor masters. 
In times of crises, the warrior's concerns should always lie with outcome. And relative to that concern, the conclusions reached about what to do and expect from our people should always be historically and historically grounded. Wishful thinking will not do. And hope must be intelligent and aware. It cannot be a fantasy based on another's will. This being is the case. This being the case. If mentality does not change relative to vision, then the outcome will not. And if the mentality is deeply mentacidal and seeks in seeking of Urugu's validation, if this is one which still truly believes in the sanctity of the reality that they have trumped up, <laughs> trumped up <laughs> to serve their, their nature and interests, then the outcome will consistently and progressively work against us, no matter the awareness or the seriousness of the noise raised them from within our community. Affirm, my emotions do not use me, I use them. Affirm, my emotions do not use me, I use them. Brothers and sisters, the Inye Sasim of daily revolutionary thought. Wow. We use almost the whole first half of the program. Well, you know, we'll, we'll try to succinct things. You know, we try to succinct things. We'll, we'll try to do that. Okay. Baba, Baba, Baba Kwaku told me to check the text, and I've done that. And of course, what he's saying is that uh, the event for Perudi is tomorrow, and I've stated that, and I'll make that announcement again. Okay. So. Is uh, tied to my yeah, okay, do that. For the time being, because almost we're almost the half of the time. But I want to play this because Brother Paul sent me this. This is interesting. You know, this is Black um, August, and so um, caught a piece that I want to talk about. Um, a couple of things. One is. Um, our captivity once again <laughs> but China this is something that I'm, I didn't know maybe some people knew but uh, there was a number of Africans that were ca ca in captivity to China Africans were enslaved Africans once again cap in captivity in China you know I know how the Chinese have behaved uh, most recently you know but I, I didn't know that at one time the um, Africans, a number of Africans, particularly young Africans, were in captivity to China. And, and so the deal is, how did that happen? You know, and what happened to them? So we'll, we'll go, we'll go, we'll get off into that after the. Um, um, this particular piece. This is very short and it talks about the 
the financial problems happening in Europe. The financial problems that are happening in Europe. They're very serious problems happening in Europe, you know, because uh, Europeans, like so many Western countries, don't have no money. And they help, try to help, of course, the Europeans out who don't have no money. And all the Europeans, unfortunately, don't have no money. And then they ask the Americans to do something. And, of course, really, the Americans don't have no money. Because the Americans, this country, I don't know if you know this, but you know it now, is a debtor nation. And who is America indebted to? Who is the deepest debtor? I mean, I remember back in the 70s reading an article about Arabs. You know, they, they, came, they came into their, into their glory with OPEC all the oil that was in the Middle East and they, and you know, they were, <laughs> but they were starting to emerge. The cities were starting to get big and, you know, skyscrapers and so forth. Look what they, you know, turned the deserts into oasis. When you have money and resources, um, whatever you imagine, you could probably, uh, whatever you imagine, you can probably realize and bring it into existence. You know, and America was indebted to a lot of Arab nations because of the oil. And a lot of Arabs were buying up properties in the United States. Well, when the Chinese started to become more economically strong, you know, just like just like uh, when they had these uh, G G um, meetings. One of them was like the G7. These are the European countries. Now I don't think it's G20. I don't know. Don't give a damn. It ain't us. But my point was Japan became one of those countries because what happened in Japan? When they dropped those bombs on Nagasaki and Hiroshima, Japan turned inward and then went outward of getting information coming over here with camera. Oh, sorry, excuse me, please, click, click, click. Taking pictures of how to make trains, how to make planes, how to do this, how to do that. And then went back. And if you look at Nagasaki and Hiroshima, those cities are still there. Oh, Nagasaki and Hiroshima are still in Japan. Yes, they were devastated. But now look at them. I don't know if you've ever seen that, that picture of Detroit blighted and, and just, you know, all messed up and a picture of, <laughs> you know, I don't even know if it was a Nagasaki or Hiroshima since the time after the many years, many decades after the bomb. And it's like, damn, that place looks great. You know, I don't know if you've seen that. But um, America is indebted to China. Check this out, family. This will, this will be short. Your special subject tonight is the economies of the European community. Your time starts now. Best of luck. How much does... Oh, Roger. Uh, $367 billion. Correct. And who do they owe it to? Mostly to the other European economies. Correct. How much does Ireland owe? 865 billion? Correct. And who do they owe it to? 
Other European economies, mostly. Correct. How much does Spain and Italy owe? One trillion dollars each. Correct. Who to? Mainly France, Britain and Germany. Correct. And how are Germany, France and Britain going, Roger? Well, they're struggling a bit, aren't they? Correct. Why? Because they've lent all these vast amounts of money to other European economies that can't possibly pay them back. Correct. So what are they going to do? They're going to have to bail them out. Correct. Where are they getting the money to do that, Roger? That's a good question. I don't know the answer to that one. How much does Portugal owe? Hang on a minute. What was the answer to that earlier question? Just keep answering the questions, Roger. Where is Portugal to get the money it owes to Germany if Germany can't get back the money that it lent to Italy? Just a minute. What was the answer to the previous question? The question was, how can broke economies yes. lend money to other broke economies yes. who haven't got any money because they can't pay back the money the broke economy lent to the other broke economy and shouldn't have lent it to them in the first place because the broke economy can't pay it back? You're wasting very valuable time, Roger. How much money does Spain owe to Italy? $41 billion, but where are they going to get it? Correct. What does Italy owe to Spain? $27 billion, but they haven't got it. They're broke. Correct. How can they pay each other if neither of them has any money? They're going to get a bailout, aren't they? Correct. And where's the money coming from for the bailout? That's what I'm asking you. Correct. Why are people selling the European currency and buying the US dollar? Okay, Roger, your special subject tonight is the economies of the European community. Your time starts now. Best of luck. Thank you. How much does Greece owe, Roger? Uh, $360. How much money does Spain European currency and buying the US dollar? Because the US economy is so much stronger than the European economy. Correct. Why is that, Roger? Because it's owned by China. I'm sorry to afford it like that, but that's the part that you because it ends with that. The European the American economy is run by China. It's run by China. China dictates. I've got a couple of minutes. Let me catch a call here before we go to break. And when we go to come back from break, we'll get off into this. Um, 347, 347, good afternoon. Hey, Oshi, what's happening, man? Listen, just a quick question. Who is that that you had on your program Wednesday? Uh, that's Moses West. Moses West. Uh, I, I I was sent a thing over my phone, and it's just uh, it was interesting, uh, and uh, I started doing some research, like research West. That's my guy, doing some research, and uh, came up, and then um, found a number, but it wasn't the number that I called, and I left a message, and right before the program started, he called me. I was like, wow, he called me. And so that's why I forgoed a lot of announcements and other stuff so we could, me and him could have a dialogue and, and the listeners and myself could be clear about what he has done and what he's doing and how people can access that. Yeah. He's built a okay. water machine. I, 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 didn't know, I didn't know what he, what he was mm-hmm. and what he was talking right. about, not talking at all. Okay. Yeah. Oh man, it was it was great. A water machine. He created a water machine. In fact, Mama Nabantu, she was on earlier. Uh, if she's still listening, I'd like to talk to her about because with the Pan African Federalist Movement, uh, every place in the world needs drinking water, clean drinking water. Okay. Okay. I know. Okay. I know. I know who you're talking about now. Yeah. He was. 
did he talk about how he had set it up in Detroit? Yeah, how he set it up in Flint. Right, he talked. He talked about how it was set up in Flint because of Flint's water crises, you know, which is a damn shame because that could have been done when Barack's ass was in office, you know. Right. How yeah. how is um how how is it being accepted now? Is it um oh yes yes able to um move forward around the world and well use definitely it, um, definitely well you know the thing about it the thing about him he he's he's a military person. You know, he was a he was a ranger and so forth. So he constantly deals the military uh, in in respect to helping get his machine to places uh, and and you know because because the machine it just like he talked about uh, it was contacted um, about um, the Ukraine and and somebody said that it was stated that some of the people who are trying to shelter are sheltering in buildings that are cold and damp. And he said that would be easy. Put the machine there; that would dry up the dampness and create water because there's moisture in there, you know. And so, did he, go ahead. Did he say anything about it being hard to manufacture? How long it takes to manufacture and things of that nature? No, what he said was it, it's not that long. It's just that it's, it's that expensive, you know. A machine that could that could uh, provide water for a community, let's say a community of a few thousand people, that 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 machine might cost a hundred thousand dollars, almost eighty nine, eighty nine thousand dollars. You know. Well, that should be no problem for that should be no problem for a government over in not, Africa. Like, not exactly. Like I would agree. Like I mean, that, yeah. that you know the way it sounds and the way it seems. I'm surprised that the that the product isn't all over the world right now. Yeah. To be honest with you, I, 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 once again I agree. And he's been doing this since 2012. He's been doing this since 2012. Ten years. There must be something going on. Well, he's been doing this well, since 2012. Hopefully, somebody can um, put him in contact with with someone in our community that could help him try to mass create this. Um, well, that's why I, I want to talk to know. Mama Nabantu with the African Federalist Movement and see what kind of um, assistance we can get there to, to providing. Um... Oh, okay, Brother West. Brother West is holding. Let me, let me get Brother West on the... Brother Research West, good good morning or good afternoon. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, yeah. sir. Yes, sir. Yehudu. Hey, hey, Ocean. Yeah. I, uh, my point is that, that that water machine just sending that information out to everybody, to Jay and everybody else. But check this out, man. I just heard on another radio program. Y'all going to like this, man. This going to prove that words and thoughts uh, go around the world, man. Because I could swear I heard. This dude is South African now. I forget it. I I can find out his name real quick. But what he said, he sound like me and Jay and the rest of us. He said he tired of the oppression of the people uh, in South Africa. So he said the bloodshed about to get ready to start. And when it starts, they're going to kill all the white people first and all the sellout black people in South Africa that's working with the white folk, man. That's what a dude in South Africa just said, man. Well, like he heard us, man. I don't know. It, like he said it. I don't know. Uh-huh. You know, only person I've been hearing out of South Africa 
from a revolutionary standpoint is, is Brother Lu, Brother Malima, Brother Malima, Brother okay. Malima, and, yes, and if that's him, that's because because you know he's he's diehard in terms of getting Caucasians out of Africa, particularly out of South Africa. Yes. He's a diehard, yes. and he has he has challenged the African leadership or misleadership in South Africa. So maybe that's him. I don't know, uh-huh. but I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yes. You know, because I mean, like he heard what we said, man. Mm-hmm. Still, we at war, man. Yeah. They're going around the world now, and that proved what the frequency how it is on this planet, man. Mm-hmm. Okay, one person thought, and it's real, and the people that vibrate ready here is linking on, man. This ain't no joke, now, man. I, I just, I thought his name was Jay something, man. The way he was talking, I, he sound like my man Jay. Yeah, okay? <laughs> it's, it's about to be on, man. I, so I, you don't warn everybody. You yeah. don't warn the crackers, and he sell out Negroes. Yeah, I hear you. Old, man. I hear you. <laughs> That's all I got. Right, all right, man. all right, dear brother. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right, all right. Research West and Jay. I'm gonna take a break. I'm up against the break here. When we come back, hey. All right, brother. Thank you. When we come back, we will uh, be talking about a number of things. This is, you know, this is August. This is Black August, man. So we want to make sure y'all know what time it is. Brothers and sisters, you're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. We'll take a break here when you come back. Hope you stay with us. We'll be right back. You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshi on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com. Thank you. 
You are listening to Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. Welcome back, brothers and sisters. Once again, you're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. Other programming, of course, we have here on Time for an Awakening Media. Uh, Tuesdays, Black Reality Think Tank with Dr. William Rogers from 8 to 10. On Fridays, if it's Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern, it's time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. Saturday at 7 p.m., tomorrow at 7 from 7 to 9, the Sankofa Elders Council. And then on Sunday, once again at 7 p.m., it's time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. And the number to call is 215-490-9832. Yeah. Also, too, brother, once, brothers and sisters, once again, on Facebook, go to facebook.com forward slash. I don't know if you can go directly to Black August. Maybe you can. Uh, but my thing was the hashtag, uh, facebook.com forward slash hashtag forward slash Black August and endless information. Endless, brother and sisters. All kinds of stuff. Good stuff. And um, in fact, I'm going over that website uh, probably next week. Black August. One of the things in August I, I want to continue to mention is that is uh, the program on August 19th will be about an event that happened August 20th in 1972. In Watts, in 1967, they had a riot, police brutality and so forth in 67. Five years later, in 1972, Stack Records, which out of Memphis, Stack Records went to L.A. You know, Stack was, man, you know, they, they were rivaling Motown. They had Isaac Hayes and the Barquets and a few others, but you know, Motown was yeah, exactly. In fact, the in fact, the dramatics was with Stacks because you know Motown already had the Temps, Four Tops, you know, the Impressions, you know, the Miracles. So, my, my boys, the Dramatics, went over to Stack Records. In fact. You, you don't. They're not on the program. Um, they're not in the documentary. The only thing about the dramatics is they play the opening cut. The opening cut. What you see is what you get. You know. But it is an outstanding documentary. And I know they've had uh, other documentaries talk about their 50th anniversary. But this is the 50th anniversary of Juan Stack. I have a brother who is in the documentary who will be my guest on that Friday the 19th. Um, if you can, brothers and sisters, check out Wattstack. We'll be talking about it that week. So I want to push and promote this just like this, those other ones. It's the 50th anniversary of a documentary that we produced that is outstanding, that gives the feeling of the brothers and sisters in the Watts area and a feeling of those artists who performed there at the L.A. Coliseum. Uh, Sunday, it was not Saturday, it was Sunday, August 20th. 1972. Okay. The hardly known history of 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 African captivity in China. Between 1515 and in the middle 
19th century, which is the 1800s, more than 12 million Africans were forcefully transported across the Atlantic to work as captives. On their trip to the Americas, two million captives, men, women, and children, died. Aside from the transatlantic trade, <laughs> trade, the Chinese Empire shipped, traversed the Indian and Pacific Ocean. According to historians, before the 1500s, these ships transported human cargo from Africa to the Chinese coast. So you more than likely coming out of East Africa into the Indian Ocean and then into the Pacific. Today, the history of African captivity in China is hardly recognized since it is not taught in school or shown in novels or films in the same way it is from the West. Meanwhile, African captivity in China was as harsh as it was in the States in the 1800s. According to Arrow magazine, the first Africans came to China in 813. In 813, that is, of course, AD, 813, as presents from the king of Kalenga in Java to the Tang Empire. Tang Emperor. There were young boys and girls that were given to the monarch along with rhinoceros, some rhinos. The Chinese, you know, it's deep, ain't about the rhinoceros and Chinese tusk from elephants and uh, rhino horn to pound it into a, a, a potion. Rhino horn. Killing rhino just to take the horn. I don't know the rhino meat. The Chinese refer to these children captives as Zangzizi, Zangazis, Zangazis, which was the name given to the Eastern African coastline region. It was unknown what happened to these these children who vanished from history. Other African captives, however, would later appear in the families of Arab merchants working as personal property in Guzangu, which had a large Arab population at the time. Rich Chinese men then began to seek the services of African captives. According to Arrow Magazine, this necessitated a supply route commencing in East Africa, traveling the Indian Ocean, stopping in India, and finally crossing the Malacan Straits to reach Chinese port cities. The expedition took six months, and shipwrecks were a frequent hazard. Many of the abductive Africans died before reaching their destination. Those who made it to China had to adjust to a new environment, and those who struggled did not survive. The majority of Africans imported to China worked hard labor, such as dock work and logging large items. Some worked as, as gate attendants as well. The Chinese began referring to the growing number of Africans as Kunlungun. Time throughout time, that that was the phrase they used to refer to their southern neighbors, such as the Malaysians and the Khmers, who had darker skin and who, and who were considered inferior. Other captive owners referred to their African captives as Guinyu, Guinyu, which means devil slaves. Historians are still trying to figure out what happened 
to these African populations after the 11th century. A combination of issues such as supply chain interruptions, sickness, death from overwork, and a non-existent birth rate could have led to the community's collapse after a few decades. When Republic of when the Republic of, of China was created in 1912, captivity was formally abolished. Nevertheless, historians claim that the practice of buying and selling people, particularly minors, was still widespread. Because of China's past with captivity, most Chinese people began to regard persons with a dark complexion as inferior, as evidenced by their sentiments towards Africans. According to the accounts during the epidemic, this pandemic, in April of 2020, Chinese officials removed hundreds of African residents and business people from hotels and residents on suspicion of possessing the new coronavirus. And we did a program on that, showing the constant disrespect. Some Africans were trying to get back home because of being quarantined, were not allowed to go on buses, were not allowed to go on trains. Uh, same thing happened um, um, in the Ukraine because there were a number of Africans who were studying in the Ukraine. And when the war broke out, <laughs> the Africans said they were simply being targeted as part of a COVID-19 testing effort. The Africans were, who were located in, in China's southernmost metropolis described the development as racist. Guzengyu is one of China's largest African communities. African traders, particularly those in the informal sector, import the majority of their commodities from the region. Yeah. Yep. That's what happened. And of course, you know, the Chinese imports globally. Globally. The problem that we have, brothers and sisters, bottom line, if you feel it's something different than what I'm going to say, please give me a call at 215-490-9832 and let me know. Because I'm saying the main bottom line problem, we don't have functional unity. We are fragmented. And so things continue to happen to us. Even though we perceive it as individually it is happening to us collectively because we're not collective, because we're not unified. We don't watch out for each other. We have bought what Europeans have, have talked about, individualism, materialism, greed, and violence. That's what they're about. And we play right into it. telling you if you want to join this conversation 215-490-9832 give us a call it is Friday so if there's something else on your mind let's talk about it let's talk about it I just I chose that I saw that in, in light of what's happening globally particularly as it relates to China didn't know about the captivity of Africans being taken from Africa and then moved easterly as opposed to taken from Africa 
moving westerly, moving easterly, so most likely on the east, Kenya and so forth, and then moving around India, and they say they stopped in India, you know, but there were already many deeply melanated people in India and Sri Lanka, you know, probably took some of them as well, and then moved up this particular strait into where the ports of China. I mean, but China's got people and probably they want to go within in the interland and through those mountains and so forth where because a friend of mine uh, a good friend Saida she worked uh, in China teaching English back in about in the 90s you know in the province where she worked in there were a lot of poor people I mean she said these people are really poor and dark with you know with broad noses that Kind of, we've seen them. I'm quite sure you should have seen them. They're not the usual Chinese faces that uh, live in Hong Kong and live in Shanghai and live in Beijing. You know, it's just like the dark faces everywhere else on the planet in various countries that are relegated to uh, subservient positions, like in Brazil. Here, there are more Africans in Brazil than in any country except Nigeria. Melanated people in Brazil. They're not on TV unless they're in a subservient position, unless they're being a maid or a butler or some person doing menial stuff. They're not in, you know, it's the same thing in the Philippines, the same thing, you know, (laughs) elsewhere. And to me, if those melanated people want to claim that, hey, you know, even though I've been in my family, I can't remember as far back as I can go, but we've always been here. So we are in this, but look how we're treated. Because the reality is we're all Africans migrating out of Africa thousands of years ago, thousands of years within the migration process. You know, that's what happened. Nine one nine, nine one nine seven six eight. Good afternoon. You just want to listen, okay? You know that's always cool. Research West is still holding on. West, how you doing, brother? Yes, sir. Oh, gee, man. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm still learning. Hey, man. Uh, uh, you talking about uh, uh? Water made out of air, man. There's so much technology now, man. Oh, that Tesla, that Tesla technology out here too, man. You get free electricity through the air. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. It's, well, it, you, it's can coming, get, it's, you can get you can get free electricity it, through <laughs> through uh, solar, you know, or through or free electricity through wind if you have a uh, uh, a turbine. Of course, that costs. Yes, sir. But to generate it does not cost anything. In fact. Uh, you know uh, those who um, who generate electricity like that, they sell the electricity, the overflow that they have back to the electric company. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. So and I, and so I got mean, news for the family, man. When, when all this stuff hit the fan, when uh-huh. the economy and everything shut down, because you were talking about uh, that thing about uh, 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 
country's oldies, IMF, yeah. devils, them rock yeah. stars, money, the Kazarians. Yes. So uh, 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 they, they, they time is up, man. All the Kazarians that charging people and ripping us off with all the interest, they time is up, man. So I'm going to tell y'all something. Uh, uh, y'all might, might think I'm crazy when I say this, man. But they time is up. And what's going to happen through the air and the water, man, uh, 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 your power going to go off, okay? All electricity going to go off for like 30 or 40 minutes, and it's going to kick back in, and we're going to be getting free electricity, man, from the most high. Watch and see. That's what's going to happen now. I know okay. y'all. Okay. Uh, well, we'll uh, see. Uh, my man, Jake, because uh, uh, we'll I have see. to tell the people that, man. What's getting ready to happen, man? But, uh, is that, is that something? Us, is man. that something you say that's going to happen globally? Is that just something that's going to happen here in Atlanta? Yeah, globally. Globally. Globally, man. Globally. Okay. But it's going to start small by small, uh-huh. and town by town. Man. Okay. But it's a beautiful time to be alive, man. Oh, it, it is. It, I mean, it's a hey, listen. coming to an end, man. As far as I'm concerned, being alive is always a beautiful time to be alive. Yes, sir. You know, as bad as things like are I, now, obviously. There are some who have problems, who have health issues mm-hmm. and so forth, and maybe for them it's they're suffering. And some would even like to just pass on because they're suffering so deeply with cancer and other other uh, mm-hmm. uh, serious ailments. But to me, it's a great time, always a great time to be alive. Isn't that right, Jay? Yes, our ancestors were looking for this time to be out on the planet, man. Our ancestors wanted to be for this time, man. Okay, this, well. This, this is being fulfilled, man. Okay. And I love it, man. All we got to do is stay cool and show love to each other and quit acting like prisoners, arguing with each other, the uh, inmates, man. Well, I tell you, my contention is, is what we need to do is look at the situation for what it is yes, and that we have no friends and let us come together. Right. Let us close ranks, pull our resources globally and do for ourselves let us let us take something that is ours the continent of africa is ours it's not china and china talking about uh uh, uh, bringing 300 million people 300 million people they want china wants to put into africa no china is ours it is not the arabs not even in north africa North Africa, take yes, a, take it all back. It it, it is and not it, the Indians. It's not the Indians. And I just read a piece. Well, I, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago with Uganda. You know, the Indians mm-hmm. who got displaced when Idi Amin took took power, and they're back. They're back in Uganda, running it, running it. The first emperor of China was black, man. Emperor mm-hmm. Wu. See, we 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 was all on this whole planet back in the day. Well, That's yeah. why Emperor Wu, man, look it up. Well, Emperor it's the same Wu. thing with the ja- ja- Japanese and the samurai. I mean, the bottom line is, mm-hmm. the older it is, if you're looking for stuff and you and, and you're looking for digging stuff up, it's black. It is melanin. Right. It is dark. That's you right. know, That's why the older time, it is, the blacker it is. Back, every time they try to go back in time and start digging it up, right. they find number black, number exactly. black. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's right, Wes. <laughs> All right, dear brother, hang on, man, okay? Yes, sir, Let yes, sir. Bet. Brother Jay, good afternoon. Hey, what's what's going on, O.C.? How's everything going? Oh, going well, brother, going well. I'm looking forward to uh, uh, this uh, program. I'm going to do with uh, Wattstack. I've got a brother who is in the documentary, 
He's one of the he's one of the guys who are sitting around talking and so forth. You're familiar with Wattstack. If you're not familiar oh, with Wattstack, brothers and sisters, please go get it. It's the 50th anniversary of Wattstack. It was August 20th, 1972, at the L.A. Coliseum when Stack Records out of Memphis came to L.A. and put a program on in the Coliseum, man, and all the people that they had at the time. Although they did not really rival Motown, but but Stack Records was hot with Isaac Hayes and Luther Ingram and the Barkays and many many other uh, acts that uh, Watts, excuse me, that Stack Records had, you know, and so um, you know, and then of course in the documentary, how it was how was uh, how was producers outstanding with Richard Pryor cutaways and cutaways of the people themselves in in the Watts community talking about situations and so forth. Just outstanding, man. So we're going to do that uh, August. And also, of course, we're going to continue to talk about Black August and all the things that have happened. I've just mentioned, Jay, if you got uh, Facebook, go to facebook.com forward slash. Either you put hashtag in or just put in Black uh, August. I mean, there's uh, uh, just tons of stuff on Black August. Yeah, just tons of stuff. Well, you know, Black August back in the day was a serious event. It yeah. was it it was the development and the leading to a movement. Now, right, because it was no, because Black then, August back in the day was they bottom line dealt with the imprisonment of African people and the deaths, particularly of George Jackson. And all right. other prisoner, political prisoners. They, that was the other, one of the one of the focuses. One of another thing was about developing a, a cultural. Because see, let me let me say this, Jay. I, what I feel was wrong with the so-called Black Power movement that we had back then. Of course, I know it because I'm I'm damn near seventy. I'm seventy years old, so I lived it. So we didn't have a real cultural component of it. We wanted Black Power. But what that really meant to some of our people was what white folks have. We want what they have. You well, know? we still do. And we still do. More than ever. Yes, and we still do. I mean, you don't, you don't have no, you don't have no black power movement going on at this time. You don't have any type of, if the truth be told, black development. You don't. Right. You, just, you don't even have black. I mean, when, when, when you look at the Negro today, the Negro is looking for a better place in whiteness. He's yeah. not trying to build anything right. to um, compete against the white boy. No. He's not trying to, no. you know, have anything that, um, you know, the white boy has or don't have or whatever. I mean, let, let me give you a quick and perfect example, right? Let's say somebody that becomes successful and that grew up in the projects. Ask yourself this question. How many of those individuals who have gotten out of the projects go back that that we that 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 receive a so called celebrity status? How many of those people honestly go back to the projects and do anything mm-hmm. to uplift the children that are in the projects? Very, the, very few. Very, very, very few. I, I wouldn't none say. Them, I wouldn't say. I wouldn't really say none of them, 
but I would say none, when I say none of them do, I'm, let me let me clarify and 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 make it plain and simple. None of them go back more than once or twice a year. Okay. All right, okay. they don't go there and they don't set up no after school program. They don't go there and set up no mentorship program. They don't go there and let's call it what it is. They don't go there and do nothing to take those babies out of that same position and place them in their yeah. their position with their children. You know why? Because they don't want that kid to compete with their goddamn children. Because they know that there's such a small limited space. Mm-hmm. Let's keep it one hundred. Yeah. So, you know, I I, I, I just laugh at them. So whenever I see somebody doing anything in regards for the kids, educate them, I always try to support it. They got this young sister, man, that uh, ex W NBA player. She was at one time, I think, high school basketball girls leading score you know she's had some degree of success in the Atlanta area because she went to um Georgia Tech you know mm-hmm. her name is Nakia Butler and the thing is she done came back to Brooklyn and set up a, 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 STEM, a STEM program okay. so I'm gonna donate yeah. money to her. Yeah. Because see, that's what Definitely. that's what you're supposed to exactly. that's what you're supposed to supposed to do. But when you look at the rest of these Negroes who we supposedly love, the the crosses, the reeds, the sunnies and the rest of these bougie foo foo Negroes, <laughs> when you look at what they're doing, they ain't really bringing nobody to the table to really compete with them and to make it even more egregious and then show you how sick this Negro is, they can't even come together and build anything collective with their with their notoriety right. and so called celebrity and all of that. Because I would ask them this one question. This one question. What are you gonna do if the white man say I have no more use for your black ass, mm-hmm. you see what they did to uh, to Melissa Harris Perry, and yeah. oh, she was supposed to be the darling. Now yeah. you know she uh, fact, she she, done, she done survived because she was a professor and all of those things. Mm-hmm. So you know she didn't totally totally burn too many bridges. But she damn sure ain't become the star that it seemed like she was right. supposedly meant to be because right. the way it looked, mm-hmm. she was supposed to become the black, um, mm-hmm. you know, the black, what's her name, um, that freak Rachel Meadows mm-hmm. that's on MSNBC. Right. She was supposed to ascend to that level. Right. You know, so let's 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 be honest, man. We as a people, until we figure this thing out and start creating our own situations, we ain't nothing going to be but the footstools for white folks. Yeah. And, and that's, let, me, let me say this to you about that, Jay, and you're right. That's why for their, those of us 
who are African centered, those of us who are Pan Africanists and who believe that they will leave, they would rather leave here and live in an environment where you know, even though I could be in Africa, and that's what I, that's my plan in that environment. And I know it's not all good because it's messed up there too. But maybe my area where I am, it provides me that feeling, you know, that we're together as African people. And I and, and what little time I'd have left, I'd rather live in that situation and perish or live in that situation and expire or live in that situation and die, let's be real, than here or anywhere else where Caucasians are overtly controlling stuff and, and I see how my people suffer and I can't do a damn thing about it. But in that situation, that there's some places in Africa that we could go, you know, even now and and live a good life you know all our time in Tanzania and Kenya and Ghana and so forth it is not total because we don't control the total situation you know you know well, we Europeans, can always live a good life wherever we at individually right individually right right individually the, the, the thing is the thing is we as a people have it figured out how to come together collectively to live a good life and to build the institutions right. in order for us to be able to sustain ourselves. Because the reality is our existence is basically predicated on how the white man accepts it. And that's, 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 that's tenuous, man. That's, that's, that's messed up. That's tenuous because what uh, we're at their whim. If the if the cracker just gets so it is so evil and so demented and so hateful and so spiteful that the, oh yeah I'll, I'll I'll get rid of them I'll kill them off and, and, and you know what's so crazy is um we don't even know how to navigate na- navigate it yeah. navigate it it's like I was talking with my brother yesterday and he was telling me about my niece had got her first little job and I had to laugh. Because she had already had to deal with one of these racist crackers who didn't want her to get the job, who's the manager. Now, unfortunately, the manager doesn't know that we know what we know, and we prepared her how to deal how to deal with the cracker. Okay. So it ain't one of those situations to where as he gonna really be able to do too much but set himself up to get fired and give her some money in the end because of, you know, she know what to do. She know how to document it. She know how to do what she's supposed to do in order to, if we got to do what we got to do, we just got to do what we got to do. But it's the reality Mm -hmm. that most of our children don't even understand that. Right. Here it is, a young boy today died because some other young fool and his girlfriend decided that they was going to shoot him because he got into di- an argument with his mother over some cold french fries. But the egregious thing is that the worker, if the worker had just dumped the bag of french fries and gave the woman some a fresh hot fries. bag right. of exactly. french fries, giving the one or two 
hot french fries and asking at her and being disrespectful, you wouldn't be in that situation. Right. So it's a tragedy all the way around. Yeah, it is. You, sad, know, sad. you know what I mean? But now he's going to spend a large portion of his life as a 23-year-old right. in, in jail. Prison. In prison. He yeah. ain't going to have no gun. He right. don't know how to fight. So he could go in jail and depending on what the situation and the circumstances, he may become somebody's mistress. Uh, then now the mother got to deal with the fact that her son is in jail. Then the, 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 the employees have to deal with the fact that they lost an employee. And if it was me, all of the employees who was involved in the incident, in, 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 in the incident incident, I would fire immediately. Yeah. They yeah. could no longer work for me because, number one, the manner in which they handled the situation right. yeah. and disregard exactly. for the wasn't, safety it wasn't, of, the, of the workers and the patriots. Exactly. You could work for me. Right. Exactly. I had to let you go. Why would you even do that to someone and then had the nerve to get yeah, into I would fire that whole group and laugh, I, and laugh at her when all you had to do was dump the right. damn French I don't know. and I, give her a hot French I, I don't know who the crew chief was or who the manager was, <laughs> but I fired that whole lot. I agree with you. Everybody and put, would be and then, and then And everybody would uh, be unnoticed about what happened, how it happened, and how you should always give good customer service, how you should always be respectful. A damn... Some French fries and turn. I don't know what what. Uh, a French fries. You your coworker loses life. Over some Him French. Him and his a kid now has to spend the rest of his life in jail because he's stupid, and the mother has to face the fact that because of her lack of respect for self and her incessant need to be respected has now cost right. a kid to lose his life. So it's a tragedy all the way around it. But you know the sad thing is, oh, that we as a community never, ever, ever point out the tragedy for what it is and how it goes left. Yeah. Because, you know, we just we just don't do it. So where it is, that same worker may go and do that same dumb nonsense someplace else or do it again. Because they don't understand or grasp the reality that here it is. This this kid lost his life. Yeah. For what? For 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 some French fries? Are you kidding me? Well, let me say this, Jay. Because not only have people lost their lives for the, such trivial things, even deeper than that, and and that right. goes back. Because I remember, um, uh, I was working at a firehouse, and and they had some old newspapers you know somebody had kept them in an old newspaper store and they was doing a little bit of cleaning this was not a place that I had worked at consistently but I just worked there every now and then so I was there and, and I saw out of the curiosity let me look at these newspapers because some dated back into the 50s and I remember this specifically I remember this story about a brother on the north side because in Milwaukee we live on the north side Caucasians live on the south side. Milwaukee, still to this day, is a very segregated city. Very segregated. And so, and so, yeah, really all of them, because they, they, that they, they create them like that. And so this brother killed another brother over a shirt. Over a shirt. 
Never forget this, man. They were arguing about it, and and then uh, some somebody got a hold of a gun, and that's the situation now. See, if they didn't have that gun, they would have fought. And of course, if if, if How they don't fight no more, man. I know that's what I'm saying. If they if they didn't have those guns back in the day, you know that was unfortunate. They had a gun because that he used it. He might have been losing the battle, and fought and felt that was the only way that he could exert his manhood to pull a gun out and shoot this dude over a shirt, you know? And, oh, no question. No and, but, question. But, but the point being is that you can lose your life literally for anything. I remember driving down the street playing with my hat unconsciously. And in certain neighborhoods, your hat better be turned a, a specific way. Otherwise, you rival. And I'm my old ass sitting in my car at the stops like playing with my hat unconsciously and realize, damn I'm over in this neighborhood and I know the neighborhood I was in because I worked in it worked at that firehouse over there I know this is whose neighborhood that is and if and I'm sitting up here playing with my hat somebody could see that and bust a cap in my ass What's, how crazy yeah, is I mean, this it's, it's this is just crazy. absolutely it's absolutely madness yes, the way is. that we have developed as a people in regards to how we interact with one another, but never do a damn thing to the cracker. Never yeah. rob the cracker. Right. Never grab the cracker by the collar. Never do anything, but will rob me and you at the drop of the hat. They've been still we'll fear. Never, ever do anything to this white man. They've been still the fear And us. it burns me up, man. Yeah. It burns me up because... I always say, why rob your community? Go rob where the money's at. Yeah. But but they never they never see it that way. And if they do, you know Popo gonna be on them like mm. white or right. Yeah. It's just like when they had the blackout in New York City and Hollow, they let them buck wild. But once mm-hmm. you got past a Huntington Street, they shut it down. Cause they wasn't letting them go down there. Right. And, 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 and do badness. Right. But that's the society that we live in. We protect whiteness and white things and let our community basically go to hell. I mean, mm-hmm. it's 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 twisted, man. Yeah. We, we 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 don't understand the type of debauchery that this evil white man is. We don't even understand the totalitism of 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 the white man's wicked tree and how he has us on remote control to act and behave in a certain fashion. It just don't see, it just don't even dawn on us. Man. See, let me say and this. I, and that's so tragic. Let me say this, Jade. What one of the main problems we don't understand is the effects that Europeans have had on our lives. We blame ourselves. Many of us say, oh, you always blaming the white man. You always blame. Yes, the crux of the problem, the root of the problem is the white man. Now, you don't want to admit that. You don't understand it because you want to blame each other, blame ourselves. We're our own worst enemy kind of bullshit. I hate that statement. I hate that phrase because we're not. Our main enemy is the Europeans. And they're the cause of this problem. But you have blamed on us. Who, who has taught us, as Malcolm has said, who taught you to hate your hair? Who taught you to hate your nose, to hate your skin? Who taught you this? You didn't come out the womb like that. This was taught to you. This was embedded in you. 
and and it still happens with us globally every day. So, you know, that's what I'm saying, brother. I'd rather live in a world of my own choosing and struggle in that world than to be a fool in somebody else's dream. This is the European's dream. This is his dream. And the European's dream is a nightmare for us yeah. by intent. It is a nightmare. And we yet, cover more and more and every day. Okay? Exactly. And yet... But not even us, but for them too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look at, look at how look at how they treat they owe. Mm-hmm. Look at, I mean, put it to context, really, honestly, how the white man treats the white woman. Mm-hmm. But they will go out of their way to go along with his badness. And, yes. the, and, and, and the whole abortion issue shows it right there. Yeah. I mean, well, you're not going to demand me as a woman to suffer. You know what I'm saying? Because you want me to increase my birth weight because of your delusional mind. You think that it's gonna sustain your power. Well, just, you know what I mean. Yeah. But I mean, you don't even have to go through all that because the way you have the world set up and the way things are set up, you always gonna be in power. And even if the majority of people in the country are minorities, they ain't gonna do nothing to hurt you. No. That, see, see, the here in the states, United States, that fear was that we cannot be the numerical majority anymore. We'll lose our power. You know, the whites will not. Re- I mean, the Jews will not replace us, and this and that. The replacement thing. The bottom line is, you have never been a majority, no damn where, that you have gone, that you have gone to, and yet, and yet, what you have done is supplant those cultures. You have supplanted them. You have killed off the people, and, and 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 when you realize that when you raped the women and the offspring didn't look like you, causing an anxiety within you of genetic annihilation, and so therefore you got to control them, even though you're a minority on the continent of Africa, whatever they were in South Africa, still to this day, in 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 uh, Namibia, still to this day, in other parts of Africa with the French, still to this day, and other parts of the world, still to this day. No, man, don't, you know, and then they talk about, you know, here in, the, here in the States, the issue is because they have, they here in the States, they were the numerical majority. And now the fear is they won't be, and they won't be. That's just by numbers themselves. They won't be, because the reality is they have been experiencing negative population growth for decades. Yeah, they don't get no benefit. No, they're not. You know, but they'll still be in control because one of the, one of the things they have is they control the narrative and they have weaponry. As I always say, Jay, and you heard me say it, one of the things the Caucasian has always found a better way to kill your ass, a better way in any way. Because, I mean, whether it's chemical warfare, germ warfare, military, whatever it is, if he wants to get rid of a population that is a threat he can do it the european oh, he can, can do, do whatever it. he wants to yeah he can do it you can't you can't stop them you can't stop them from doing whatever they want to you don't have nothing in place 
to keep him from if he decides he wanted to kill you to kill you? See, the only what thing. The only, no, we don't. We don't have anything. But the only thing that could stop it is our unity. The only thing that could stop these crackers is us coming together, pulling our resources, and coming together as, 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 a, as a collective, as an African people, regardless of so-called Yoruba, uh, uh, Fanti, uh, whatever. This tribal bullshit. One yeah, thing- but, 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 you know, but you know something, oh, sorry to say it, we don't even think like that, bro. I know we don't. I know we, don't, we don't. We don't have... I know we don't. The foresight, the vision. Yeah, I know we don't. Or even if you want to be honest, the will to really fight this white man, to make a place for ourselves on the planet. We don't even want to take over the continent, man, and kick them all out and do yeah. what we have to do to be able the- to enjoy the resources that the continent has. You know, I, I mean... We talk about Libya, but to study Gaddafi in Libya, Libya is a prime example of what could have happened and what could have been mm-hmm. if handled in the, in the in the right way. And you saw what the white man did there. Yeah, that yeah that that, that tells it all. He went into Libya, killed Muammar Gaddafi. Uh, Libya is a damn mess. It is crazy in, in Libya. Yeah, okay, let me let me catch a couple of callers here. Um, four four three four four three. Good afternoon, brother Oshi, brother Irvin here. Hey, my brother, how are you? I'm good, Bob. Good. I was listening to you, you two talk the conversation, but I just wanted to say, just to add, that until and Jake makes a great point. Until our people realize that we are in a fight, we're not going to fight. We can. I read Doctor Fox's book. Um, addicted to white and he stressed throughout that whole book which was the theme we already know what the problem is we already know what white folks have done to us we they keep doing the same thing they have the same playbook they never change up the playbook they and and language means a lot because what, what i think where black people fail dramatically is not looking at things from a historical perspective Mm-hmm. Uh, like Brother Elliot talks about, if we think that everything started today, this is not the first time that black people have been shot by white people. It's not the first time that we call ourselves minor, because that's where the word minority comes from. Right. If you understand how language means a lot, if you notice when they talk about abortion, they don't say abortion. They say reproductive rights. When they talk about homosexuality, they don't say homosexuality. They say gay people. That means happy. <laughs> so let's be clear. The language is important. Mm-hmm. What what they call, and that's why uh, when a brother says, I'm changing my name, oh, but that's not going to do anything. It does volumes yeah. to change your name. It does. It does because the, it the, does. the chain is not on your arms. It's mm-hmm. in your, your mind. mind. In your mind. You say it at the end of every show. Mm-hmm. The, he has your mind. And I, I'm with Brother Jay. I'm with him 110%. But. If we don't have an optimistic view at this, I'm not saying, I don't use the word can't. I don't use the word won't. It will happen. We Mm -hmm. will be victorious. It's going to happen. I I may not see it in my lifetime, but what I will do before I leave here is plant a seed that will produce a revolutionary. Because we're behind enemy lines, bro. This is real. These white people want to kill us. Yep. 
They, I'm telling you. Yeah. And I'm talking about people who identify themselves as white. That's mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's amazing when I listen to you guys talk. You're making so much sense. But I think the emphasis needs to be put on making this right, finding that whatever it is. And, and we can have unity without uniformity. Yes, we can. We, we're, we're not, we can. Now we can do that. Because yeah, I don't mean things that we yeah. Because I don't mean everybody two- walking in the same way, doing the same thing. No, no. But we don't know. We have a collective mind, a unified mindset that we're going to do things in a way that is going to produce a positive outcome for us as a people. You know. Correct. Right. Um, and, and that is. That's the, yep. Say, don't talk about the things they've done. But I'm saying, let's put the emphasis on what we can agree on. And it's one thing that black, all black people can agree on, and that's bullies' brutality. You rich poor, but he pulls you over, see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's always a possibility, no matter what your uh, uh, economic status, your political activity, what, where you go to school or don't go to school or whatever. You black. That's right. You African. You I pull you over, and there's a, a, a fear, at least they say that, to justify me busting mm-hmm. a cap in your ass. I felt afraid. Yeah, you know? Because they're Afrophobic. Yeah. They're Afrophobic. Mm-hmm. It's even a black man. But we don't know they're afraid, afraid of us. We're asking ourselves why you don't like me. What we should be asking ourselves is why do you fear me so? Because mm-hmm. they, they, it's, it's, it's a fear. Well, we, some, well, some we argue, well, some argue they know what they've done to us and they know they wouldn't yes. want that to happen to them. So therefore, mm. you know, they play naive about what they've done to right. us. But I'm going to say right. this. If you ask a whole room full of Caucasians that would you trade the behavior that happens to black folks for yourself? And all of them would say no. And in fact, you would say, raise your no. hand if you would do that. Not a hand would be raised because they know what they have done to us and what they continue to do to us. And they don't want it for themselves. That's correct. That is absolutely correct. And they will, and they will do everything in their power mm-hmm. to their last breath to keep status quo. Exactly. To keep you talking stupid. To keep, I just was just sit down eating with a friend of mine and the sister walks in with the fake hair in her head. And I'm looking at her. Beautiful black woman. Why do you have all this hair and you, you have beautiful hair. You have beautiful skin. And you just said it. Who told you your hair was ugly? Mm-hmm. Who told you to cover your hair up? Who told you that? Hey, folks, they subliminally tell you that. And I'm telling you, Ocean, I'm going to stop after this. The music is their main weapon. Yeah. The music yeah. is, is, is how they get to black. Yeah. See, I can get to you around the world through music. Especially. You, especially. The words that they're saying with, Right, especially right. if I continue to pump it all the time and you hear it continuously, continuously. What is it what is it doing to your mind and your in your in your references? What is it doing to your psyche? What is it doing to your outlook? You know, how's it really mm-hmm. making you feel and how do you feel about others based upon this music? It is deep. That's why uh Sister Soldier said, No, nah, they don't want conscious rap. They don't want to uh, elevate the minds mm-hmm. of these brothers and sisters. They want to dumb us down and no. call us bitches and hoes and, and, and gangsters. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's exactly what they did. Yeah. That's exactly what they've done, and they've mm-hmm. been successful at it. Yeah, they've been. And now, and and you know, Jay said something last week. I listen every day. He said something last week. He said we're going to have to kill off all the people who don't want to come with it. And I and, and it hit me when he said that. But I'm telling you, Oshie, 
It didn't yeah. sound as crazy as I started thinking about it. I don't want to kill somebody, but, but I said, well, well, what but, am I going to do? Yeah. How, how are we going to do this? Yeah. We got these people. Well, these people are fighting on the wrong team. That's right. And they, I mean, That's they're right. on the wrong team. Right. They, on, we, they ain't on our side. They ain't no, on our side. Not. And 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 and, and, and when you look at when you look at American and American politics, when you see as many of our people who are in the Republican Party, let's be real. Let's be real about the Republican Come Party. Come on now. Come on now. Yeah. Come on. Now. <laughs> it is so blatant and so it is so overt. It's ridiculous. But yet there's see these Negroes who are in the Republican yes. Party for whatever damn reason. Because the Republican Party is a party is a party of maintaining the status quo for Caucasians, right. and and and, and, and right. you know, and, and and not to see that, not to understand it, is naive and blind. But listen, my brother, you know I got yeah. to go. <laughs> I know. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak. Always, my brother. We'll Always. Talk later. Peace to Peace. you. Peace, Peace to you. Uh, let me. I want to catch. Um, Nine one nine, nine one nine. Baba, you got you got something? Good evening, good afternoon, brother Ochi. How you doing? I'm doing fine, Baba. How you doing? I'm doing great. Good. I just want to make two quick comments. Sure, please. Thank you. You were talking earlier about the situation at the McDonald's Mm -hmm. and the employees that wouldn't even give the woman uh, some more French fries. You need to know the policy of that business. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. A lot of businesses was owned by Arabs, Chinese, Koreans, and they were very disrespectful mm-hmm. of black people. Yes. They had a policy of being disrespectful of black people. Mm-hmm. And, the, and there's a very good chance the policy of that business was not to give nobody nothing else. Mm-hmm. So it may not have been the decision of the employee. He might have been following the orders of the management of that business. That's true. That's true. That's true. You know, I know I'm talking about what I know about living in Brooklyn. Sure. That's true. No, I understand. Because it's like and in other places, especially when you deal hey, with. Hey, Baba, Baba, I'm sorry to disagree with you, but I think you need to listen to a little clearer of what I said. Please. Listen a little clear to what I said. The woman gave the employee the French fries. The employee took the French fries, told the woman that she was going to change the French fries, and what she did was put a couple of hot French fries on the French fries that she gave the employee and gave it back to her. No, Baba. That was the situation where the employee caused that problem. And it has nothing to do with policy, brother. I've been in that McDonald's. I know that McDonald's. You understand? And basically, any McDonald's that you go to and you order hot french fries or something and you get it cold, you have the right to go back there and have it replaced. No, so, Bob, I, I have to totally disagree with you. I'm not going to make no excuses in regards to that, and I'm not going to blame it on the policies that some Chinese or some other people would have. That was egregious, disrespectful behavior.
towards that woman that led to a young man losing his life. And we can't make no type of excuse for that. None whatsoever, Baba. None. So, I, so I'm going to have to totally disagree with you and tell you you're wrong this time. Okay. I, well, I'll accept that, that you're right and I'm wrong and you know everything and I don't know anything. No, you know a lot more than I do, but on this one, I but don't No, think let me just say this. Let me say this, Jay. This. Let me just say this, Jay. This, particularly that incident, that particular incident, you are right, probably, Jay. But what Baba is saying in, in, in the context of overall, there are businesses that are owned by people who have no respect for our community. And, 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 I agree and, with you. And, and, and these people, and listen, these people sell direct to our people and damn near only our people. Their bottom line is getting you. our money from our community and taking it out. And so, uh, uh, and you see that I everywhere. I mean, if I'm in Baltimore, I, I went to an area in, in the city of Baltimore. Every store was owned by Koreans. Every store. They had a, they had a, 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 a restaurant with takeout orders owned by Koreans where they sell food by, the, by, by measurement, by the pound or whatever. Owned by the liquor store was owned by Koreans. The damn laundry man was owned by Koreans. The the, the the grocery store was owned by Koreans. I'm like, damn, don't we own nothing? So, but anyway, man, I gotta go, Baba. Thank you. Always good. Do you have another point, Baba? No, I just uh, one other thing I just wanted to say sure. is about the way these white people are acting. Is because what we call white supremacy is actually white inferiority mm. manifesting itself in violence. You're right. The inadequacy, and I've, I remember reading about that many years ago, the inadequacies that, that Europeans have. In fact, Francis Cress Welsing said the same thing. Said the same thing. These inadequacies cause an innate fear in them, not just a genetic annihilation, but the fact is they really can't measure up physically and mentally, you know, and so, therefore, they lash out. They want to dominate and control. And, and you know, uh, I don't know if this is going to come to a position where, uh, you know, all-out war or all-out civil war. I don't know. Only thing that I do know, we're not prepared. That's for damn sure. And and they will always uh, outgun us. They may not. They show the hell can't outfight it, but they will always outgun us, you know. So, But anyway, my brothers... I appreciate y'all. I'm way past my time. Brother Jay, Baba, Brother Herb, thank all you. of you guys. Thank you, Brother Research. Well, bless you, all y'all, man. Have a great and wonderful weekend. Brothers and sisters, we end this program like we end all of our programs with the words of Stephen Biko. The most potent weapon in the hands of the oppressor is the minds of the oppressed. This program is dedicated and committed to helping to free the African mind. But not just the M-I-N-D, but the M-I-N-E, because under the feet of African people lies all of the resources that everybody wants, think they can't do without, and they sure in hell don't want to pay for. Brothers and sisters, you have a blessed and wonderful day. Shem Hotel means go in peace. Asante Sana means thank you. Bifahodie means our victorious destiny. Brothers and sisters, we will be victorious. Peace, family.